0: that we need to understand here is the the configuration of this army of the antichrist Um, and again we need to go back into the period of the destruction of the earth during the time period that god pours out his wrath on the earth by the end of the time that god has poured out his wrath on the earth god will have completely annihilated the infrastructure of the earth And so all that we see in the earth today will be completely done away with. There will be no such things as planes and tanks and modern weaponry available to the Antichrist and to his army at that time. All that will be available to them are horses, shields, swords, that type of um, equipment will be available to them. And so we see an army waiting on horseback for our Lord Jesus Christ when he does return to the earth. And so we just need to get our minds around the fact that the battle and the preparation, the army waiting for the Lord, will be pretty much an army going back dating to the time when our Lord was actually on the earth for the first time. Think about the Roman army that existed at that time. They had horses and shields and spears um, and swords and that type of equipment. That is the type of equipment that will be available to this army at that time not going to be uh, a modern warfare that we understand that takes place in the earth today. Now, that army will be vast, as we've already mentioned, but there will be another component to that army as well, and that will be Satan and all of his angels. They will also be present at that battle. Now, we know that Satan um, does control one-third of the angelic realm. One-third of the angels fall within Satan's domain. Revelation 12.4 uh, reveals that to us. But even though we know that Satan's um, angelic uh, army consists of one-third of all of the angels, we don't know what size that is. We don't know how big that army is because we do not know how many angels there are. The Bible talks about billions and billions and billions of angels. It just doesn't give us a, a finite number. Um, and so this army will be vast, looking at six to 700 million angels. Um, men, uh, forming part of the army of the Antichrist, and then you've got uh, all of the angelic uh, beings that are with Satan and his component to that army. So that's the reception awaiting our Lord when he does return to the earth. And So what about our, the, the the army of our Lord Jesus Christ? Because now we're looking at two armies that will oppose each other on that day. And we can pick up an account of our our lord's army in book of revelation chapter 19 verse 11 to 16 scripture says now i saw heaven opened and behold a white horse and he who sat on him was called faithful and true and in righteousness he judges and makes war his eyes were like a flame of fire and on his head were many crowns he had a name written that no one knew except himself he was clothed with a robe dipped in blood and his name is called the Word of God. He was clothed with the... Sorry, sorry verse 14. And the armies in heaven, now we're talking about the, the Lord's armies, are clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he should strike the nations. And he himself will rule them with a the rod of iron he himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and the wrath of Almighty God. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And so this is obviously a picture of our Lord Jesus Christ himself. But it's also a picture of the armies that come with our Lord. And he's talking about the saints because now don't forget, this is now subsequent to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And so the the saints of god are now returning with the lord jesus christ to the earth he returns on a white horse his saints return with him also on white horses and so we have these two armies facing each other at this place geographically geographically which is called megiddo and we see that there are two armies on horseback facing each other this is not a um, a modern battle as we know warfare today by any stretch of the imagination this is now two armies opposing each other and as i say you can go back and, and look at how the armies opposed each other in the day when the lord was on the earth and that's the kind of picture that we see now there is also the an, another component to our lord's army and that is also his angels will return with him Now again, we do not know the number of our Lord's angels, but the Bible does say to us in Thessalonians 1.7, that our Lord will return with his mighty angels in flaming fire. And so there are two components to the Lord's army that will return to the earth. That is the saints on white horses, and then also the Lord's angels will return with him as well. And um, the Lord's angels will obviously deal with Satan and his angels at this battle. Uh, it will not be left to the saints to deal with them at, the, at that time. And so that's pretty much the, the scene that is set for our Lord Jesus when he returns to the earth. You say, what about the, the other three kingdoms, the rest of the unbelievers on the earth? Well, we're not going to really touch on them today. They'll be panicking, running around, trying to hide in caves because when our Lord returns to the earth, every eye sees him. The heavens uh, scroll open and the whole earth is exposed to seeing our Lord's return to the earth. And most of the inhabitants of the earth will then think that their judgment day has arrived. In fact, it hasn't yet arrived. Um, But what will happen is that Satan and his angels and the Antichrist and his army will be waiting at this place called Megiddo. And so let's have a look at the account of our Lord actually now returning to the earth physically. Because don't forget we said our Lord returns to the earth almost like in two stages. He comes to that that realm called the air, we discussed it, and now he comes back to the earth. And we pick up the account of our Lord's feet, our Lord's feet touching the earth on this account. Zechariah chapter 14, verse 3 to 7. The scripture says, "...then the Lord will go forth and fight against those nations." as he fights in the day of battle. And in that day, his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives. So that's where our Lord will physically come back to the earth. That's where our Lord ascended from in the book of Acts, and his gospel, when he ascended into the clouds, and the disciples were watching the two angels said, men of Galilee, why do you uh, stare into heaven, gazing after our Lord, I'm paraphrasing, the same Jesus will return in the like manner as you saw him go. And so he comes back to exactly that same point that he left the earth from, which is the Mount of Olives. Um, the scripture says, which faces Jerusalem on the east. So this Mount of Olives is just outside of Jerusalem. And the Mount of Olives shall be split in two from east to west, making a very large valley. And so there will be this earthquake that will occur when our Lord returns to the earth half of the mountain shall move toward the north and half of it toward the south. Then you shall flee through my mountain uh, valley through my mountain valley for the mountain valley shall reach to Azal. Yes, you shall flee as you fled from the earthquake in the days of Uzziah king of Judah. Thus the Lord my God will come and all the saints with you. It shall come to pass in that day that there shall be no light the light will diminish it shall be One day which is known to the Lord neither day nor night, but at evening time it shall happen that there will be light. And so our Lord Jesus Christ will come to this, the physical uh, geographic location of the Mount of Olives. He will stand there. When he does, this earthquake will occur, and the mountain will be split into two, and this great valley will be opened up before the Lord. Now, his saints will be with him at that time, and the, the angels of God will be with him at that time um, on their white horses. Now, uh, the Antichrist would, by that time, because if you understand the, the Bible prophecy, the Antichrist will reign over the earth from the city of Jerusalem, from the temple in that city, which is yet to be rebuilt. But what will happen is when. Our lord is returning to the earth at that time the antichrist and his army will then vacate the city of jerusalem they will leave and they will move to this place called megiddo now that location is roughly 100 kilometers north of the city of jerusalem if you look at it on a map today and so when our lord jesus christ returns to the earth he will then take his army to this place called Megiddo where the Antichrist, will Satan and his angels, and the Antichrist and his army are waiting for our Lord Jesus. Our Lord will then take his army to that geographic location, and that's where this battle of Armageddon will then take place. But now something we also just need to understand is that when our Lord Jesus Christ returns to the earth, it is only with the saints that he will return. You say, well, what does that mean? Well, I'll just allude to it now. None of the children who have died from the time of Adam until the end of the age will return with our Lord at that time. They're not part of the bride of Christ. And so they're not, they don't partake in the first resurrection. As I said, the saints are the only ones who partake of the first resurrection. Um, and so all of the children will remain in heaven during our Lord's millennial reign. Their time comes at the end of our Lord's reign. So the point that I just wanted to raise here, it is only the church, the Lord's saints, who will return with Him on that day. Now, that number of saints is estimated to be between two and 300 million saints. Um, Could be more, could be less. I doubt whether it would be less. Could be more, but how much more I don't know. But it's estimated it's between two and three hundred million. That's the size of the church. That's the bride of Christ. Two to three hundred million saints. They will return with our Lord on the earth at that time. Now we get to the battle of Armageddon. And we can pick up that account in Zechariah chapter 14, verse 12 to 15. Scripture says, <clears throat> and this shall be the plague of with which the Lord will strike all the people who fought against Jerusalem. If you understand Bible prophecy, it is the Antichrist's uh, uh, kingdom that will invade uh, Israel and Jerusalem in the last days, and uh, our Lord is now taking vengeance on them. Their flesh shall dissolve while they stand on their feet, and their eyes shall dissolve in their sockets and their tongues shall dissolve in their mouths. It shall come to pass in that day that a great panic from the Lord will be among them. Everyone will seize the hand of his neighbor and raise his hand against his neighbor's hand. Judah also will fight at Jerusalem, and the wealth of the surrounding nations shall be gathered together, gold, silver, and apparel in great abundance. Such also shall be the plague on the horse and the mule on the camel and the donkey and on all the cattle that will be in those camps, so shall this plague be. And so our Lord Jesus Christ um, will destroy the army of the Antichrist with the breath of his mouth. The scripture is very plain. The sword that proceeds out of his mouth will destroy the army of the Antichrist. And you know, the, the scripture is quite graphic to us as to, Um, how that will happen. It it says that their flesh will dissolve while they stand on their feet, their eyes will dissolve in their sockets, and their tongues will dissolve in their mouths. And so they will be completely annihilated by our Lord Jesus Christ. Our Lord's army, the saints, will be seated on their white horses, and they will just stand and watch. There will not be uh, engagement of conflict that will take place. The army of the Antichrist uh, will be no match for our Lord Jesus Christ. And so our Lord will just destroy them with the breath of his mouth. That is how this battle will take place. Pretty much a one-sided battle, uh, but nevertheless the Bible does refer to it um, as a battle. Um, and so that, that army will be no match for our Lord Jesus Christ. Now. One of the things that we can pick up also from this, the scripture talks about, the plague will be on the horse, the mule, the camel, and the donkey, and the cattle. And so that's describing the animals that will be present in the camp of the Antichrist. Again, just giving us an indication that this army will be an army that is going back to you know, not even the Middle Ages, before that, when uh, people had access to that kind of weaponry, and they used horses in their armies that they, they, they fought on. Another passage of scripture that describes this, this um, battle, so to speak, to us is in Revelation 19, verse 19 to 21. The scripture says, And I saw the beast, the kings of the earth, and their armies gathered together to make war against him who sat on the horse and against his army. So you have these two armies facing each other. Then the beast was captured. And with him, the false prophet, who works signs in his presence, by which he deceived those who received the mark of the beast, and those who worshipped his image. These two were cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone. And the rest were killed with the sword which proceeded from the mouth of him who sat on the horse. And all the birds were filled with their flesh. And so we see there, as I say, it's a very one-sided battle in that... The Lord will just speak over this army, and they will completely be annihilated. But what is interesting to see is that the person of the Antichrist and the person of the false prophet are not destroyed with the breath of the mouth of our Lord Jesus Christ. The scripture says that they are captured alive, and they are cast into the lake of fire and brimstone. So why is it that these two individuals are captured alive, but their army is completely annihilated? The reason being, if you you go back in a previous series I teach on this subject you will see that the antichrist and the false prophet are part angelic beings and because they are part angelic beings, they are in fact immortal God made them that way and so even the the sword that proceeds from the, the mouth of our Lord Jesus Christ cannot destroy them, why? because God has made them Immortal. Immortal means that. They cannot be killed. They cannot be destroyed. And so that is why they are captured alive. The Lord's angels will obviously go out, capture these two individuals, and they will take them up into heaven and they will cast them into this lake of fire and brimstone. You say, well, why do you say that? Well, when we look at the account in Scripture and we look at God's new heaven and his new earth that he creates, We see in scripture that the lake of fire and brimstone is located just outside the city walls of the heavenly Jerusalem. And so that's where these two individuals will be taken and they will be cast into that lake of fire and brimstone. They are the first two individuals that will be cast into this lake and they will be there for all eternity. Um, And so that's how God deals with uh, the army of the Antichrist our Lord Jesus. That's how the Lord deals with the person of the Antichrist and the person of the false prophet. They will be captured by his angels, they will be taken up into heaven, and they will be cast into that lake of fire and brimstone, and they will then be there for the rest of eternity, which is eternal. Now as for Satan and his angels, what will happen to them is that the Lord's angels will then capture them and they will be bound and cast into the bottomless pit for a thousand years. They do not come out um, of that bottomless pit until our Lord's reign is completed in the earth. And we pick that account up in Revelation chapter 20, verse one to three. The scripture says, Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, having the key to the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. He laid hold of the dragon that serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. And he cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up, and set a seal on him, so that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years were finished. And so Satan and his angels will be bound by God's angels, and they will be cast into the bottomless pit, bottomless pit. So whereas the Antichrist and the false prophet are taken up and cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, because that lake is in fact, has been prepared for Satan and his angels. But at this time, God does not cast them in there. God cast them into the bottomless pit, which is hell, Hades, Sheol, it has all these different names given to it. And you can, again, you can read the account in scripture, In the Psalms and in uh, in, um, Ezekiel, I think, Isaiah, um, it gives an account of Satan being cast into the the bottomless pit. And so Satan and his angels will be bound there for the duration of our Lord's reign on the earth. And so no more will the earth be exposed to demonic spirits in the earth during our Lord's reign on the earth. No more will. um, mankind be exposed to the rulership of Satan in the earth while our Lord reigns on the earth. He, Satan and all of his angelic beings, including all the demons, will be removed from the earth and they will be held in the bottomless pit for the duration of our Lord's reign. And so the impact on the earth will be very profound because the scripture says to us in Hebrews, Hebrews, Isaiah 14, 7, that the earth will uh, break forth into singing at that time, and she will enter into rest. Because just think about it. Every addiction in the earth today is demonic, and there's a demon behind every addiction. It, remove that demon, and the addiction disappears. Um, all the anger and all the hatred that you know people have had it that they can't control their temper, that's demonic. Take, take that demon out the way, and the person can. Just behave normally. Think about the madman at Gadara. He was completely um, powerless to do anything normally because these demons were just driving him. Take the demons away, and he's restored to his right mind. And he can now just behave normally. And so that will happen in the earth. During our Lord's millennial reign, Satan and all of his influence is removed from the earth, and mankind can behave normally. Now, doesn't mean that mankind will now become righteous and walk in love and joy and peace, not at all. They will still be carnal in nature. They will still be, have a carnal mindset which is enmity against God. The Bible is very plain about this. And so they will still resent the reign of Christ over them. But they will not have this other influence. Uh, think about wars and strife. The, the, the angel of war will be removed from the earth. And so no more wars will take place in the earth. And so it will have a great impact on the earth, removing Satan from the earth. But nevertheless, mankind as such will still be unregenerate in nature. But getting back to the battle of Armageddon, once this battle is ended, um, something will take place. And let's just read the account for us in Revelation 19, verse 17 and 18. The scripture says, Then I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried with a loud voice, saying to all the birds that fly in the midst of heaven, Come and gather together for the supper of the great God, that you may eat the flesh of kings, the flesh of captains, the flesh of mighty men, the flesh of horses and those who sit on them, and the flesh of all people, free and slave, both small and great. And so, at the end of that battle, there will be a huge amount of corpses lying around on that battlefield. And we said, we've estimated that that army will be in size, because don't forget Satan's angelic army had been removed, but all the dead corpses left behind will be roughly about 600 million, maybe more. That's a lot of dead bodies lying out there. And even though all of the, the beasts of the field and the birds of the air, the birds of prey, will descend upon that army and eat themselves to the full, nevertheless, there will still be corpses lying there. And each one of those corpses will have to be buried because this is now at the onset of our Lord's reign in the earth. And that location, as we said, is roughly 100 kilometers just north of the city of Jerusalem. So all of those bodies will have to be buried. Now, the army of the of Gog at the end of our Lord's reign, we're not going to touch on that today, but the book of Ezekiel 39.12 tells us, now that army is substantially larger than the army of the Antichrist, which our Lord deals with when he comes to the earth. But the Bible tells us that when that army is destroyed by God, it takes the saints seven months to to bury all of those individuals. So it'll take several months for the saints to bury the army of the Antichrist. But that will have to be done, because those corpses, even though their flesh will dissolve, they've still got all the skeletons lying around. Those skeletons will have to be buried. So that's one of the aftermaths that will take place as a result of that battle taking place at the outset of our Lord's reign in the earth. But there is something else that takes place as well, and we did pick it up, and we'll quote the scripture again, in Zechariah 14:14. 14, 14. The scripture says, Judah also will fight at Jerusalem, and the wealth of all the surrounding nations shall be gathered together, gold silver and apparel in great abundance." And so the reason that the scripture talks around this aspect is that because the army of the Antichrist will be drawn from the kingdom of the Antichrist. And if you understand biblical prophecy, the kingdom of the Antichrist is located geographically in what is known as the Middle East. And so all of those nations, the surrounding nations, reaching out into Iran, Afghanistan, Pakistan, Turkey, down into the Arabian Peninsula, that whole area will be part of the kingdom of the Antichrist. Now that will the the nation those nations are the ones that will make up the army of the Antichrist. Now all of them would have been destroyed. What that will leave is pretty much a vacuum in the Middle East. And all of this wealth that Satan and his realm, the Antichrist and his realm, have accumulated during that time, will be now available to the Lord's saints. Because now, don't forget, we say that, well, we know from Scripture, that it is only the Lord's saints that will return with him when he comes to reign on the earth, no one else. But that population, that heavenly population of of the saints of God, is between two and three hundred million, no less than two hundred million, was probably more than three hundred, but let's say roughly two hundred and fifty, three hundred million. That is a huge population. Now a lot of people think erroneously that when our Lord returns, well now the saints will live where Israel is today. Even if we were to look at geographically Israel being the size that it was under the reign of David, King David, and Solomon, because that's the, the, the full extent that Israel extended to under those reigns. And that is, in fact, the, the, the borders that God has spoken about for Israel. If we were to put 300 million people into that location, the people will be standing on each other's shoulders. There's no place for them. And so very clearly, the saints of God will inhabit the whole geographic area of the Middle East because I'll, if we'll go through it as we get into our Lord's millennial reign, it will give us more insight into it. The, the, the saints of God will in, inherit all of that wealth that is lying there because no one else will be there to use it anymore. God would have destroyed all of them. Except for, and we're going to get into it, there, there's going to be those who are going to serve the saints of God. But the Lord's saints will inhabit the Middle East, Jerusalem being the capital, Israel being the center and then all of the surrounding geographic location being where the saints of God will dwell. And that's where the church will return to and that's where she will set up um, her place in the earth for the next thousand years. And we'll get into it in a bit more detail. But all of this wealth will be available to her. And so she'll gather gold and silver and apparel in great abundance. Because all of the wealth of the kingdom of the Antichrist will be then made available to the church. And so she will have more than she needs for that which she will require going into her millennial reign with her Lord Jesus Christ. And so that's the opening scene of our Lord coming back to the earth for his millennial reign. In the next uh, teaching, we want to actually have a look at the inhabitants on the earth during our Lord's millennial reign. We'll have a look at that in detail. So we're going to end the teaching of everyone. Amen.